0: Hey everybody, welcome to St. Stephen's Online. We hope you enjoy catching up on our talk from Sunday. Lord, thank you that you are a living Lord who speaks to us. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who prompts us in all sorts of ways. We thank you for the gift of your word, the scriptures and how they speak to us. So please would you speak to our hearts this morning. And help us, each one of us, to tune in with those connections you want us to make as we reflect on these verses together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, there's a very simple shape to my talk this morning. Two things I want to speak about. First of all, called to go. Drawing on the verses that we've just read, I'd love to share with you, if I may, how I felt led over the past year onto a new role and a new chapter for my family and for me at the end of next month. And my hope is that in sharing a bit of my and our personal story, we'll each be able to make our own connections with how God leads us and guides us in our lives and on our journeys following Jesus. So that's the first part. And then, secondly, and more briefly at the end, called to stay. As I and a number of others are feeling called to move on to new places in the next couple of months, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage us, that if you're not feeling called to go, I suggest you're being called to stay and to play your part in the next chapters in the life of this very special church, chapters which I'm sure are going to be fruitful and exciting ones. So first of all, called to go, and forgive me for speaking personally this morning, but may I share a few headlines of our calling as a family over the past year onto pastures new. I do so really because you're our church family, and so we want to share this with you and uh, Emma's here as well this morning, and we really would value your prayers as we prepare for this move we're about to make and indeed as we get going in the new role that I'm taking up. We're excited about the opportunities that lie ahead, and we're a little bit daunted about those things that, of course, are unknown. So in September, if you didn't know, I'm going to be starting as chaplain at a secondary school called Daunceys which is in Wiltshire uh, near... It's a co-education secondary school with about 800 11 to 18-year-olds for whom I will be a chaplain and a pastor. I've joked to a few people that um, as our own children begin to approach their teenage years, Emma and I thought to ourselves, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's journey through that teenage stage with about 800 others who are going through that teenage stage as well. You can see why I said it's a bit of a daunting prospect. Actually the way in all seriousness that we have felt led into this goes more like this. A key verse that led to me getting ordained as a priest in the Church of England 24 years ago was the last verse from that passage in Mark's gospel that Louise read for us a moment ago. Let me reread it to us. This is Mark chapter six and verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. There was something for me about that combination of Jesus being motivated by compassion, coming alongside people just as a shepherd cares for their sheep, and in that context, teaching about the kingdom of God. That combination spoke to me deeply over a period of time from that Bible passage, and that was part of the way that the Holy Spirit nudged me towards ordination. And I'm so grateful for all of the opportunities that I've had as a parish priest over the last 24 years in three different parish settings to try and exercise that pastoral and teaching vocation. I love the local church, and I believe the local church is in so many ways the hope of the world. But even back when I was training at theological college all those years ago, I wondered in the back of my mind if one day that sense of pastoral teaching vocation might be a fit, whether I might be a fit, in a school as a chaplain? Well, I guess I'll soon find out. And there was a sort of logic to that thought. And that was this. You know, I've loved that all three of the churches that I've served in over the past 24 years, have put time and effort and energy and prayer and resources into trying to make church and trying to make the Christian faith accessible for the younger emerging generation. Not to the exclusion of other generations and other ages and stages of life, but making it a priority, rightly in my opinion, to try and pass the faith on to those future generations. And I've always thought that alongside churches trying to be places where those younger people can come and see for themselves who Jesus is and what he offers, I've always thought it also needs Christians to go and be where some of those young people already are come and see and go and be as two strands of the same aim. And then about a year ago, that, if you like, sort of logical thought in the back of my mind moved to something that I thought and felt that God was perhaps more personally calling me to step into, to go and be where some of that younger generation is. And what happened to me a year or so ago was... Pretty simply this, I was at a church leaders retreat, a kind of 24 hour thing away together, and as part of it we heard a presentation on the findings of what I think is the biggest ever survey carried out amongst young people, amongst Generation Z, Gen Z as they're sometimes known. That survey was overseen by the Barna Group and it's called the Open Generation. You can go home and Google it if you want to find out a bit more about it, if you're interested. And that survey gives some extraordinary insights into what young people think, amongst other things, about Jesus, about justice, about the Bible. And the clue, of course, is in the title. The fact that it's called, the title of the survey, I mean, the fact that it's called The Open generation, points to the findings that amongst that younger emerging generation, there is an openness to, perhaps even something of a hunger for, spiritual things being part of the answer to the meaning, the reality, and the life experiences they're looking for. And Perhaps for me, above all at that presentation on that leader's retreat, The message came through loud and clear that you don't necessarily have to be a cool young dude at the cutting edge of youth culture to have a positive part to play amongst those young people because if that was the requirement, I would definitely be counting myself out. The encouragement was that coming alongside in ways that create safety and space people of that generation to explore the big questions and the issues for themselves, a sort of parent-type figure or role, I suppose, that that has a really valuable part to play, alongside, of course, the input of the the cool young dude types. And as someone came to pray with me at the end of that presentation, I I put my hand up and said, yeah, I'd, I'd like some prayer. That person who came to pray with me asked me what I'd like prayer for And I said, and it was the first time I'd said this out loud in that kind of prayer context. There'd been conversations along the way with Emma and one or two close friends. I said, I think God might be calling me to put myself forward as a school chaplain. And as I said it, I promptly burst into tears, which hadn't happened to me in a long time. And in that moment, I had a bit of a realization. I thought, oh... I think this is something the Holy Spirit is really nudging me to step forward into and to actively explore. It was as though it moved from being a back of my mind sort of possibility I sometimes wondered about to something that was coming front and center. I felt through the Holy Spirit's nudging. Perhaps Many of you can relate to those sorts of moments in your own life as you look back and different ways that you felt God guiding you. Well, the rest, as they say, is history with us moving to Dauncey's school in a couple of months. Uh, How are we feeling as we prepare for that move? Well, a mixture of things, up and down at different times, certainly anticipating the loss of uprooting from this really special church and this amazing local community where we've put down so many roots as a family. As many of you know, our three children have all been born in our time here. They've never known anything other than living in this amazing area. So a lot that we know we'll miss and the sadness that goes with that, but energize too that we're making this move as I've been describing in response to something we feel is a nudging or a calling from the Holy Spirit, and so it comes with a reassurance that God will be with us in it. I guess that's what we all sign up for, isn't it, as Christians? To try and to be responsive to the Spirit's leading in our lives. Emma and I do at the moment keep coming back to that, other verse from the Old Testament that we had read a moment ago. This was a verse that Luke Heron in our congregation gave us in a prayer time after a morning service here just a a few weeks ago, he prayed for us just over there in that space down there. Um, Let me read it to you again, Ezekiel chapter three, verse 11. Go now to your people in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, whether they listen or fail to listen. That's actually been sustaining Emma and me quite deeply in this time of change, that sense of call to go and share the message of the Lord's love and grace amongst a school community, some of whom may be in exile in the sense of not having fully discovered where or how to be truly at home in God's love for them. And trusting, as, those, as that verse goes on, that whether we're listened to or not listened to, I can certainly imagine that there might be some moments of not particularly feeling listened to in school chapel services. It's up to God to do as he sees fit with those seeds that we'll do our best to try and sow authentically and winsomely. Well, if that's a bit about us and feeling called to go. We're not going just yet, we're here, as I think you know, until Sunday, July the 23rd. Let me end, secondly and briefly, with a word about called to stay. To name the reality, there are a number of changes in personnel coming up at St. Stephen's in the next couple of months. We were praying for some of them just a moment ago. And maybe in all honesty, maybe it's more people and more change in personnel than you would ideally plan for if you were mapping it out on a piece of paper in advance. But it seems to be how God is guiding people and it's entirely in keeping with our calling to be a resourcing church, sending people out from here for the building up of God's church and God's kingdom far more widely than just our local patch. Rachel mentioned that next Sunday we're going to particularly be praying for Dave and the Cocaine family and the, the graph team of about a dozen or so from St. Stephen's who've heard that call to go and to be part of the next chapters at All Saints Isleworth. And that's an incredibly exciting thing and it's a privilege for us to be able to send out really fantastic people to go and exercise leadership, to build up the church elsewhere, but of course it always comes at a cost and with a sadness to those we will miss who we're saying goodbye to. Those going on that graph team include Jonathan and Amanda Clegg, who have been just the most amazing servant leaders here at St. Stephen's for an incredible 34 years. So amongst other things, Jonathan, I know we'll say a little bit more about this next Sunday, but we will really miss the beautiful ways that you regularly lead us in sung worship at at this service. And uh, we will be saying a, a much fuller thank you to Jonathan and Amanda and others on the team next Sunday. You will be pleased to know, and it is important to say, that we have been working hard to put in plans to cover the gaps that we can see we're going to have in this sort of interim period of comings and goings. And there are uh, comings as well as goings. It's encouraging that there are new people joining St. Stephen's all the time, coming into our services, into our midweek activities. I got to meet some of those most recent newcomers at one of our welcome teas just a few weeks ago. And in addition to those new... Uh, members of the congregation. We're going to have two new interns starting with us in September. Uh, We're in conversation at the moment about the possibility of um, a new ordinand joining us too. uh, Reverend Matt Ineson, that's the Bishop of Kensington's husband, is going to be licensed to us here at St. Stephen's at a nine o'clock service in four weeks time. That's gonna be really exciting. And as you also know, St. Stephen's next vicar will likely be announced sometime in the second half of next month after interviews in early July. So do of course be praying for those. And Rachel Bedford will become acting vicar after my final Sunday on July 23rd until the next vicar is licensed. I think it's also good to remember that the vast majority of the staff team and the congregation aren't feeling called to go anywhere. And as I said at the beginning, if there isn't a calling to go, then I suggest there's a calling to stay, and not just to stay, but to stay and to play your part, our part, in the next chapters and seasons which lie ahead for this really special church, a church which Martin Pepiat said to me a little while ago, the Lord really seems to love So, as I close this morning, I think the Lord wants to remind you who are called to stay that what he says through the prophet Isaiah, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? That applies just as much to St. Stephen's and to its future as it does to those of us feeling called on to new things, and to new places. Or to put it another way, the Lord's got this all in hand. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you found that encouraging. Have a great week and see you soon.